Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media presents the history of being black. What up, though? Welcome to the History of Being Black podcast. I'm Jay Hall. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Whatever time it is that you're listening to this episode, we highly appreciate you. hope everything has been going good. We are coming fresh off the NCAA championship game. And actually, yesterday, I was with some friends. We were just kicking it. And they put the game on, the women's championship game, which was LSU versus Iowa. Now, at this point, they were already up, put the game on late. But, you know, throughout the tournament, Iowa's player, Caitlin Clark, had been the dominating figure in the women's tournament. I mean, she can shoot from the parking lot and all net. I mean, her handles. And she had been talking mad stuff, you know, throughout the entire tournament, you know, bringing passion to the game and, you know, bringing fire. All these things that people have been praising for, you know. And so, you know, we're watching a game, but LSU is killing them okay <laughs> LSU is it's done it's done and then towards the end of the game when it's like under a minute the LSU player Angel Reese who is the shooting guard slash small forward starts taunting Caitlin Clark she goes up to her she's like doing the you can't see me the John Cena and she's also doing she's holding the finger she's pointing to her finger talking about a ring now, a little bit more context. I told you Caitlin Clark had been talking smack all through the tournament. There was one player, she said to them, quote, and I'm paraphrasing, yo, shut up. You're down by 19. Look at the scoreboard. Like, she'd been doing stuff like that. But even recently in the Final Four, when Iowa played South Carolina, she was taunting the guard, Raven Johnson, by not guarding her, waving her off. Having her three-point line, not caring if she shot, all that stuff. So, Angel Reese, LSU, was on some like, y'all, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to talk back, you know? Now, a little background, Angel Reese, she's from the Baltimore area. I don't know if our producers know that, but she's from the Baltimore area. She first went to University of Maryland, but she transferred because of Kim Mutkey who was the coach at Baylor, who had already won three championships there and now won her fourth one at LSU. She transferred to LSU. And listen, she became the most outstanding player throughout the tournament. I mean, she was averaging double-doubles, I think, right? I mean, we can double-check that, but she was averaging double-doubles. I mean, she was being remarkable. And she also got deals because of the NCAA rule change now that a player can make money off their name and likeness. So she got deals with Amazon, Xfinity, Outback, Wingstop and giant giant grocery store. She's there, right? And she's an exciting player to watch. But immediately after she did that, when I was watching with my friends, I knew it was going to be a problem. I knew it. I was enjoying it. I was loving it. But I knew it was going to be a problem. And lo and behold, 
was not wrong because there were some tweets that was going out by some pretty credible people that we know. One news anchor for ESPN named Keith Oberlin, who had, you know, tweeted, quote, effing idiot. Another one where he says, quote, doesn't matter the gender, the sport, the background. You're seconds away from a championship and you do something like this and overshadow all the good, unquote. Then he also said, mindless, classless. What kind of coach does this team have, unquote? This was wild, right? This was wild, right? Now, Shaquille O'Neal told him to, quote, shut your dumb ass up. You know, Shaq went to LSU. So I'm pretty sure he took that person on many levels. And Andrew Reese herself, after the game, and I'm paraphrasing, has stated, hey, listen, I've been told all year I've been ghetto. I'm too hood. I've been hearing that narrative. This is for girls that look like me. When I do it, it's a problem. But when other people do it, no one says nothing, unquote. Now, what she's talking about is Caitlin Clark, who was a remarkable player. And to her credit, Caitlin Clark didn't seem to have an issue with it in the postgame. She knew it was part of the game, right? She she kind of was on something like, ah, oh, you know, they were the better team, even though the officiating was kind of trash, though, if you watch that game. But she didn't have an issue with it, but everybody else had an issue to it. And even now, it became this conversation, right? To quote Finesse two times, it's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Effort. And so you had all, you got this big conversation that's going on as we speak of the judgment that is different when it comes to white players versus when it comes to black players. I mean, this argument has been going back to the days of Larry Bird, where he could show passion and he can do these things. But when the Detroit Pistons, you know, my team was doing the same thing, it became a problem. And even bigger than that, when it comes to women's sports, women stereotypically are judged by the fact that they're supposed to be playing the ball very modest and very dainty and very quiet, not showing any of these kind of emotions, which is a contradiction to the criticism that women's sports receive by people who state, oh, it's not exciting enough. It's too traditional. But when they show passion, they're shut down. And even deeper than that is the layers when you're talking about color. Angel Reese is black. Caitlin Clark is white. I mean, honestly, when you looked at that LSU versus Iowa squad, that was a black versus white team if I had never seen one. I mean, seriously, it looked like one of those movies they played during Black History Month about something that happened back in the 40s of this groundbreaking team. I mean, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure there's about one or two black players on Iowa squad. But when you look at it as far as your eye on the surface, it was looking white versus black. I mean, instinctively, when I'm watching the squad, I'm like, huh, I got no dog in this fight. I'm a Big Ten guy all day, but I'm going for LSU, right? But the criticism that was coming, like, for example, from Dave Portnoy, who is the owner and founder and CEO of Barstool Sports, he called Angel Reese, quote, a classless piece of unquote. Now, you have the podcast Million Dollars Worth of Game that's hosted by Gilly the Kid and Wallow. They put out a statement, and throughout the whole statement, they were on video pretty much while I was talking, champion for Angel Reese's, you know, response and champion for her. But throughout the entire thing, they kept telling Dave Portnoy, they kept saying, you know, how, oh, you are a man. Oh, oh, we love you, but you was wrong. Oh, you are a man. We love you. You was wrong. Now, I get it. 
because they stated that they have a partnership that he's not their boss. But the problem with critiques like that is still not calling somebody who where they are. Shaq, as much as I've had kind of issues with him kind of being more corporate than being more for us kind of a guy, at least he just straight up called keep, you know, over, you know, at least he just told, call him a dumbass. You know, you call it what it is. And mind you, Keith Oberman has been somebody who has spoken pretty, pretty much about diversity sometimes in his commentary. I, I've heard him speak, you know, pro for some issues that were pro-black, I would say. Right. Not a lot. So I'm not going to like I keep up with him all the time, but I never felt an annoyance whenever he spoke anything like that. And a lot of the times I've seen him go on these rants. I've always kind of agreed with him. But this right here, taking it to this degree, there always seems to be this attitude that when it comes to black women in particular, you can just say whatever you want. Okay? And I'll even go a step further and say, yeah, when you're speaking against something like this, it might be even easier for a lot of people to come to Angel Reese's defense. Even though Angel Reese seems pretty capable of speaking up for herself. She, she's eloquent. She knows exactly what she's saying. She knew exactly what she was doing it for. She was intentional. And she was unapologetically her. And I rock with that as a person. Me, I do. She don't technically need my help. She technically didn't need any of our help. But there are people who are advocating and speaking up for her. Even when the barstool guy said what he said, I think even Jamel Hill told him, F, F you, on Twitter. And rightfully so. But what's so interesting is you take someone, and if you ever get a chance, you should Google Dave Portnoy. Homeboy got mad controversies from sexual misconduct, gambling, all kind of controversies. For him to call somebody classless? I mean, come on, son. Like, for him? But the thing is, is that, yeah, you can easily criticize Wallow and Gilly for it not saying anything because, oh, they're aligned with the money. But truth be told, there are a lot of white apologists out there. You know, what happens when the white person, the white voice, the white media that you've been friendly with, you've been cool with, says something that's wild? Why does it take this, oh, yeah, I'm going to criticize you, but you're still my guy type of attitude? I mean, we saw it with Jerry Jones, right? I mean, much respect to Stephen A. Smith, someone who I enjoy all the time. But when that photo of Jerry Jones came up of him in the 1960s or 50s, and he was definitely standing with those white racist people as they were trying to block those black students from getting into that school. I mean, you know, we had people talking about some, you know, Stephen A. was one of those people who were like, yo, how are we going to bring up an old picture? Is that what we doing? This and this and this. Yeah, we are going to bring up an old picture because people bring up old tweets. People bring up old stuff all the time. And I would like to know, Jerry Jones, with your history and the way you were so, so into your bag about how you bet not catch a player kneeling when the National Anthem is on during the Colin Kaepernick situation, when you were so into that. Yeah, I want to know. Explain this, homie. Yeah, we're going to bring that up. Yeah, we're going to bring that up. How far did this go? You know, that's the photo that they took during the daytime. What did you do at night? Did you like some crosses? Yeah, you have to be able to kind of, but oftentimes we don't necessarily do that. And with Angel Reese, she spoke about something within her speech. She stated that she's been getting 
pretty much criticized all year. She's been getting told what she's not all year. People have been downplaying her, calling her too hood and too ghetto all year. I get that we all like to watch the championship game. And by the way, this turned out to be the most, the most viewed, I'm pretty sure, women's NCAA championship game ever. And I'm pretty sure that LSU has scored the most. They scored 102. But that defense, that protection, could have used that, right? Those voices. And I'm not trying to say I know anything about business. And no disrespect, team million dollars worth of game. But when you team up with somebody who had the controversies that Dave Portnell has, this should either be expected, you should know that it's going to come. When you partner with somebody like that, when you partner with somebody that is not necessarily of the culture, I mean, you got to expect it, right? You have to know it's going to come eventually. Like, it's going to come out eventually, right? And then when you do want to say something, you could easily not say anything. But if you do want to say something, you need to kind of go all the way in, not hold back or still let somebody know they're your man. Is they really your man? See, going in on Angel Reese is not just about they shouldn't have did it. Because, no, you should not call her classless. You should not call her a piece of shit. You should not call her any of those things. But for me, it is the audacity that they felt like that they could. It's the audacity that they felt like they couldn't be to begin with. Why do they feel like they can just speak about black women like this publicly anyway? I'll tell you why. It's because we as black men and we as black people and we as a community and also in it here in America have countlessly always shown that black women do not matter. They don't. Until it affects us, they do not matter. If they're not Michelle Obama, they have to be a perfection in order for us to step in. We just saw this past year what was going on with the Megan, Stallion, and Tory Lanez case. We just saw people in her own community, in the hip-hop community, not believing Megan, dismissing her. It took 50 Cent to give a somewhat of an apology for other rappers or podcast people to somewhat apologize to Meg. And if you want to call those apologies and have at it, but even somebody can say those really wasn't apologies. All right. But how many times we keep showing examples that it's okay to treat black women like this? Listen, and before you even start, I've said it once and I said it again. I've noted several times on this podcast and in my writings how I was an ancient dude for years. Okay. I was an F boy for some years. Okay. So I'm not sitting here throwing anything that I ain't necessarily critiqued on myself also. But what I'm saying is, is that the attitude have always opened up the gates for other individuals to come in and say whatever they want to say to black women publicly. Always. The reason why the guy from Barstool don't give a crap is because he know y'all not going nowhere. The deal is already signed. Y'all not about to protest. You ain't about to leave. You ain't about to do nothing. You ain't about to mess up the money. He knows this. He don't feel the need to apologize. He ain't feel the need to check that tweet. He don't feel the need for none of that. If anything else, he's going to bring up the times that he used to stand up for Colin Kaepernick, right? He's going to start bringing up all his black reports, right? Because that's what happens. They'll, they'll bring up the times where they had said something nice for black people because they're ready for that now. They're ready for that. They'll bring up those times. But to see Angel Reeds be so unapologetic in her stance, it's the same thing when you see a woman in hip hop who's unapologetic about what she's rapping about, whether she's rapping about sex 
It's the same attitude when they're not apologizing to you about who they are. We got to carry that same momentum. We got to carry that same attitude, that same reason to defend them. I didn't see nobody out there ready to defend when Cardi B came out with WAP because now it becomes an issue. Oh, they're not talking about their sexuality. This is not empowering. This is degrading and this and this and this and this. We can't have, we can't be selective about who we're going to defend because we can't have it where the moment that Angel Reese, if she says something that is against what you feel, you still don't feel like she needs to be defended. And it shouldn't have to take for her to be on a national stage for her to be defended if we're going to come collectively as a community. It shouldn't have that. So I love her attitude. I love her attitude about not giving a care. I love her attitude about being intentional because when you watch women's basketball, and all of the stuff that they've been hearing about how their game is boring, it's too fundamental, and people crack jokes. You got regular men who will say, oh, I think I can beat them, and say it as a joke. I was listening to the Brilliant Idiots podcast, and Andrew Schultz was joking about how he feel like he can beat any woman in the WNBA. Do those jokes still apply for somebody on the NBA that's riding a bitch? Do they? I rarely hear those. And listen, I'm just being honest. It's just where it is, right? Like, she was out there playing ball, Angel Reese, and she went out there like, yo, I know this is going to come. And that's one thing that I love about what she did because one thing I can't stand is when somebody does something and then act shocked when they get back what they get. That's only That's been my only issue with the Kyrie Irvings of the world. It's not the fact that you choose to be this different type of thinker that you say you are. It's the fact that when you get confronted about what you say or you do publicly, you have this attitude like you don't owe nobody nothing and you can just be vague about it. And it's like, well, you're smart in it. You're too smart to give an explanation. Nah, I got issues with people like that, you know, but I, I love Angel Reese's stand. I love how she wasn't even checking for protection. If she was, it doesn't appear, but I love what she had to say. I love how she moved her head when she talked, what she had to say, the passion I felt. Man, I mean, she got me want to be tuned in for this game next year. That is what the game should all be about, right? The storylines. I mean, part of the reason why some of those classic rivalries back in the day of Boston versus Lakers is because of the story. Everyone watched Magic and Bird play in the highest rated NCAA championship game. I think to this date. Magic and Bird play against each other, and that went on into their pro career. That was the story. The Bulls and the Lakers, you know, that was the story. Even as recent as Golden State and Cleveland, when they were going at it, there was a story. So now we're getting stories. But this attitude of coming in and saying how someone should celebrate, I've always had a problem with that. Yeah, even before Kanye started saying things that we didn't agree with, I always had a problem with this attitude that I'm supposed to celebrate a certain type of way, you know? Like, nah, nah. See, oftentimes in the black community, we're told to be humble before we even start. Like, you can get excited before you get in the car. It's like, be humble. No, be humble. Be humble. Because somehow God going to take this away from you. So if I'm too excited, God's going to take it away from you. But I'm not seeing Becky being told that. Anybody who grew up playing sports, especially like from elementary or in high school, when you get to a certain regional, like I ran track, and you get to playing against white schools, I rarely seen their coaches telling them be humble. They tell them they more they 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 like more of that. Versus with us, it's always to be a humble situation. Now where does that come from? Hmm, I wonder. Where exactly does that come from? 
No. She was within her right to come in stumping on the yard. She was within her right to praise her cousin, Jordan Hawkins, who won at UConn over at San Diego State. Going into the game like, we about to do this because I love that type of energy. I love it. If she keeps bragging, if she keeps telling you how good she is, she keeps telling you what they about to do, please, please don't let this be no turnoff because y'all have a tendency to praise somebody one instance and then get mad at them in the next when they've been doing the same thing. So if you're going to rock with them, rock with them. But it always seems like women seem to have these limitations put on them of how much they can actually celebrate, what they can actually be happy for, how often they can actually cheer, the type of cheer that they can do. Like, what do you want? It's fine when they're a cheerleader and they're on the sidelines cheering for us. Like, exactly what do you really want them to do? I mean, Kaylin Clark, when she was doing her thing, everything was fine. I mean, there's so many layers to this. There's women, essentially. People want them to be quiet. Then there's Kaylin Clark, who's white. I mean, white. And everything is fine. She coming up with the John Cena. She waving her hand. She doing all of that. She talking mad smack. And everything was cool. And yes, to those people who are noticing the difference and are speaking to that difference, yo, I applaud you. I do. I applaud you. Because you should speak to that difference. Because it was very obvious. That when she was doing it, everything was fine. But what shouldn't be an issue is that how often, when it comes to other things, we don't give black women a breathing room for. I mean, I'm watching Black China pretty much going on interviews, talking about how she's getting implants out and trying to go back to being more natural and speaking more about being religious her spiritual journey. I also saw online that Kim Stephens, that's her name, aka Superhead, changed her name. And someone made up a valid point about how black women don't get a chance to heal because there were a lot of criticism of like, oh, you think you can just change your name? You still are this, you still you still a thought, you still that. And black women aren't allowed to actually grow. Or the only time they're going to be supported is when it aligns with what the majority think is favorable. So we all love basketball, essentially. So yeah, we're going to defend her. But if she was out there being unapologetic about anything that's considered taboo, like her sexuality, her choices politically, or whatever, will we still advocate for her then? Will we still stand behind her then? I'm just asking. Because if we are, then we have to. We can't let it be this kind of moral compass of like, we're going to be selective about who we stand up to. Listen, I am not a Candace Owens fan by no stretch of the imagination. None, right? And trust me, it is very hard, very hard to defend anything that she has to say at all, but she has the right to say it. But when someone calls her out and calls her out of her name, for me, that's different. Just like it was with Angel. It's different. But it shouldn't have to be only defending somebody when they align with who I am morally. You see, this basketball game that they played, it was deeper than rap. I mean, the quote Angel Rishi said that it was bigger than basketball. It was about advocating for young girls that look like her. I'm taking that message in to the young girls that are out there being themselves, that are in our lives, 
do we push for them to be themselves or do we push for them to perform? Do we encourage them to perform, to act like a lady for our idea of what a lady should be acting like? Is that we encourage, is that what we are encouraging as a society, as a community, or are we out there pushing and advocating for them to be their true selves, whomever that may be? What are we really pushing for? And so I heard her speech. I replay it countless times because what that young lady has to say, it, it speaks volumes. And yeah, it's very easy. Everybody is coming up. Everybody is on Instagram putting up the comparison of her waving a finger versus when Caitlin Clark and all these other quotes are coming up. And that is that is fine. That is so fine. But I did not see that energy during the Meg Thee Stallion versus Tory Lane case. When Meg Thee Stallion's sexual, alleged sexual activity was always being put on trial. And rarely did anyone have anything to say about Tory if it wasn't a praising of his alleged sexual activity. I, I don't see it. I, I, just, I just don't see it. Because we still feel like as a society that when it comes to something that women do, we have ownership of that. We have ownership of their bodies. We have ownership of how they celebrate. We have ownership of how they walk, how they talk. We feel as a society, in a patriarchal society, we feel like we have say of how they behave. If they act any type of way, any type of way opposite of that, we're going to criticize them. We're going to ridicule them. Angel Reese is getting defense because what she did aligns with more racism than it does with sexism in some people's eyes, so they don't have a problem defending her. They see the difference, the contradiction. It's right there. The proof is in the white pudding. Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, you don't get more ethnic than those two as far as in the differences in appearance. So it's very easy for a lot of black people to align themselves up with what Angel Reese done and how she performs. But if she would have did that, to a black player, or she continues to talk her talk and she grow and she grow. Are you going to tell her she's too cocky? Are you going to tell her she should be quiet? If she beats your team, are you going to have an attitude about it then? And so let's say you're smart enough where you're not going to pull it, put it on a public stage. Let's say you're not going to tweet it. But what are you saying when it's just you and your friend sitting on the couch and you have something to say? Or another friend say something real loose? What do you say then? Do you defend somebody then? You know, I tell people who are white, you're not my ally when we're standing side by side. You're not my ally when I'm in front of you. You're my ally when I'm not in the room and you chilling in your room with nothing but your white friends and somebody says something either about me or about black people in general. That is when you show whether or not you're my ally or not. When you defend me or you shut something down and I'm not nowhere near in the room. That's where the conversation should be taken a little bit deeper. Listen, I'm loving the defense of her. I'm, I want to be clear. Those of us that are speaking up for her and putting it on our IGs and tweeting it, I'm loving it. I just wish that I saw that defense of black women across the board. I can't help but to say that. Like, I wish I seen that when black women are doing things and other black men or other people are just dogging them and getting at them and bucking at them and 
calling him ho and this and this and this and this live on TV and, and having the audacity to say it out loud. I just wish I see this defense when it comes to that. I do. You have to be able to call people out if we're ever going to grow anywhere. I'm not claiming to know anybody's money. Wallow and Gilly said that they are a partnership, that they are not their boss. Okay. Which makes the criticism even more heavy of criticizing your statement of always trying to say, that's my man and we love you because if he ain't your boss, why the praise? Why the side praise? What's up with this comforting when it comes, when whiteness is showing you what it is and it becomes this whole attitude of like, oh, well, you know, you was wrong for that, but we get you. We're going to give you this. How many chances you want to give them, especially if they have a reputation of doing things like this or something else? They got crazy behavior in the past anyway. Like, where's the defense of that? When these people have something to say, or when they get at the Jamel Hills of the world, black women who have voices bucking at them or telling them to be quiet or yelling at them all the time, calling them out their name, harassing them on Twitter, harassing them on social media. Where is that defense then? That's my only question. And listen, if you have an answer for it and you're somebody that's doing the work and you're going to continuously go ahead and continue to do the work, listen, my hat's off to you. I'm This don't apply to you. Not in that sense of I'm on you, but I do feel there's an obligation to those that are aware to turn to the person to your right or the person to your left that's not aware and point that out to them also too. Because right now, as we sit within this moment, it is very popular to cheer for Angel Reese. It is very popular to cheer for LSU women's basketball team. It is very popular to do so. And I see a lot of brothers out there Yo, we stand for you. I'm just saying I did not see that in times of the past. When black women have had voices, when black women have been abused, when black women have said things, when black women have said anything that was opposite of what fits in your moral compass, I have not seen this abundance of support on that level. Because we need to see it as much as we would defend a Michelle Obama. We need to have that same fire when we to defend like a Cardi B because it doesn't matter what her life choices are. Her being a woman, her being black, it should be defended. Andrew Reese is out here telling you what it is. My only thing against her speech is she ain't call out names. I ain't got nothing. I, I just would have rather hear some names because I want to start scoping, but she did it right. I'm, 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 I'm not here to say which. I just would have loved to hear some names called. But she, I think she said some quotes that if you wrote what you wrote about her, you knew who you are, and I love that. She showed a lot more class, I would say, than I, than I would have. So you want to call her classless? Homie, if I'd have got that mic, I would have A.I. Allen Iverson all day long. I'd Straight up, F-U, F-U, F I wouldn't care. And then went pro after that. Like I, I would have been intentional about not showing no class. I'll show you no class, but I would have got away with it, partially because I just would have been showed that I'm a man with passion. It would have been all right then, right? It would have been totally cool. So here's the thing. In your own private time, if you have privilege, the way you can use that privilege is by being someone who can advocate for those who have less privilege or no privilege than you. 
They're amazing. Your quiet rooms when it's just you and gentlemen and men around. When it's just you and you're the only white person, ain't me, and, and it's nothing but white people around and you're a white individual. If you're in a room full of nothing but men, we need you to champion that type of attitude even then. And that attitude needs to be championed no matter what type of situation that that woman is standing on. Whether it's coming for her sexuality, her politics, her sportsmanship. If somebody is out of pocket and they're calling them out their name and they got the audacity to do so, just understand they're going by the mountains, the mountains of evidence that show that we wasn't going to be there to defend them. They don't come out of pocket and just say something like that to another community. If Andrew Reese was Jewish, they wouldn't have came out of pocket and just said that to them. Why? Because there's mountains of evidence that they have a defense. You want to know why they didn't say it to Caitlin Clark? Because who is more defended in this world than the, than the precious white woman? Who is more defended than she is? People have died over their white woman gaze. Our ancestors have died. There have been black men who have died over a glance of a white woman. So, yeah, you're not going to see that when it comes to her. No, you're not going to see that because who in this country has been more defended than the white woman? Who? Who's been more defended and more praised as far as in this country? And, yeah, my hat's off to Caitlin Clark, but just can you imagine? My hat's off to her as far as on how she handled it because she didn't, you know, she was like, yo, it's, it's all good. But can you imagine if she would have said something in reverse? Can you imagine if she would have said the opposite? Woo! We really be having a time right now. Like, really. If you think this storm is wild right now, woo! Can you imagine if she would have said she felt disrespected? Just that alone. It would have been crazy. We have to find different ways of how we're going to speak up for people we have to continue to be the voice. We have to continue to be those people as a community to defend black women on all parts, even if they don't ask for it. But we have to set a we have to set a presence that shows that, listen, you can't just be talking to her any old kind of way. You mad that LSU won, your team lost. All right, cool. Listen, even if you want to critique the celebration. Calling somebody an effing idiot. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, a classless piece of shit? For real? For real? Would you would have had that same energy towards LeBron James? Or you've been too scared that you was going to see him? So you're trying really, really hard to not threaten you, but let's call it what it is. You did that because you felt no threat. You felt no way. And if you're going to line yourself up to some of you that are professional podcasters and, and you got these partnerships, if you're going to line yourself up with these white companies, I would like to hope that you do the research on who you're aligning yourself up with and like to know who you're going to be in battle with. And if you are going to speak against them, then speak against them. Otherwise, that sugar, soft response, keep it. Keep it. We don't need it. Respectfully, we don't. We don't need it. You could just carry it on. Because I've definitely seen some of you, and I'm not just talking about Gillian Wallow. I've seen other podcasts where y'all had a lot more energy when it comes to other things. But when it comes to this, 
it's a little bit quieter. It's, well, you know, we're defending her, but you know what I'm saying? You still my guy. It, they're not the only ones, and I'm not trying to make this about them because I like meaning other with the game. I'm just, coin, I'm just pointing out the difference and what we defend and why and what we need to do better at. I love watching that game. That was probably one of the most exciting games I had ever seen in general, not just women game, but game in general. Because usually when a game is up by 20, I'm not caring. But I was caring. I love a good storyline. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I love a good storyline. I want to see this team again. But if there's anything that I can try to say or a challenge or something that I could ask for any of us, especially us as men, and again, even if you're unaware of it, I just want everybody to be put on notice about what we do when it comes to this. Whether or not you defend the woman in your workplace, the woman that's sitting there next to you, when everybody comes around and she's not around, what do you advocate? What do you speak for her? Whether or not you speak for someone that you see publicly that are on TV that's winning a national championship, we should all, as men, be in a more practice when it comes to defending our own, especially black women. We should. And I'm talking to myself also, too. And I'm not nowhere near trying to say that if you are defending Angel Reese that you shouldn't. What I'm saying is that I need to see that same energy. I need to see that same passion when it comes to things, when black women are doing things that doesn't align with how you feel like a woman should align. We got to get it through our heads. Women are not ours to make what we think they should behave. Their behavior is their own, just like our behavior is our own. So yeah, I hear it, and I see the defense, and, I, and I'm with it. But as we move forward in this, we need to remember those type of things. And yo, if somebody is being ignorant enough where they're going to have the audacity to say something disrespectful on that level, then like Shaq said, tell them shut their dumb ass up, period. Because they're already given that energy. They did not know a position to really hear any kind of criticism. And this whole attitude of how someone should behave, whether you win or lose in the game, was all made up by somebody anyway. It was. This all goes to some sort of societal constructual norm that we are supposed to behave a certain type of way when we win or lose. Oh, if you lose, you're supposed to go shake some hand. It'll be nice. But the reality of it is somebody just lost a game. They don't have to shake your hand. It's the reality of it. Michael Jordan was the most trash talker in the world. Him and Larry Bird. They were the most illest trash talkers in the world. They didn't care. So we should not turn that same energy when we see in our sports about telling somebody about how they should celebrate, how they should operate, and all those other things because we don't want nobody telling us that in our own space. Just think about it for yourself. That's like somebody telling you as you walk down the street as a young black man that if you don't yell back at the cops after they pull you over, you would never have gotten shot or you're supposed to behave a certain type of way. When we keep seeing no matter how we behave, they're going to critique us anyway. They're going to shoot us anyway. We keep seeing that. No matter if my clothes are baggy, hanging off my ass or not, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway because my blackness is a threat. Angel Reese's blackness is a threat on top of the fact that she's a black woman. It hits more. And the fact that she didn't apologize. And she seems to be celebrating. So we need to remember those things as we move forward in this world. If we're going to be at a better place and have a stronger community, those are the type of things we need to remember. Like these people feel the audacity to say whatever they want to say based upon the fact that we've given them so many years of opening the door and letting them know, yo, it's okay to come in here and disrespect our women. It's okay to come in here and disrespect this community. It's okay. So I just want us to be accountable when it comes to that. And I just want us to keep that same pace. I would just like to see it. Because if we can continue to do that, then we can continue to live in a world that we can see remotely or possibly getting better, maybe. I don't know if that, I'm not, I don't know if I'm that optimistic, but I would like to be someday. All right. So congratulations to the team LSU. 
They won that championship. They did that, and they did that definitively. Like I love the fact that they 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 stunk. They skunked them out. I love it. I love that. I love when you are playing hard, even when you are about ten or fifteen until the last clock. I love that. Keep shooting threes. Shout out to them. Congratulate them. Yo, much love to Angel Reese and all the other players that have been doing their thing on that squad. I want to see more of them. I want to see more of that attitude. I want to see more of that middle finger. I want to see more of that. Because we already know what the difference is going to be when it comes to the criticism. We already know that they're not going to treat us fairly in that. So we shouldn't have to be asking for that. But what we can do is show up when we see one of our own being disrespected. That's it. That does it for an episode of History Being Black Podcast. As usual, you can hit me up on all social media networks at J Hall Society. Make sure you follow us at History of Being Black at IG and Mean Online Network on IG also too. And our next episode is always Spotify, Apple Music, and other places where you can listen to your podcast. As usual, you be blessed, be successful, and I'll talk to you soon. The History of Being Black is hosted by Jay Hall, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the History of Being Black podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. Find the History of Being Black podcast on IG at The History of Being Black. Follow the Mean O'Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean O'Line Media. Get the Mean O'Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The History of Being Black podcast is a Mean O'Line Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.